You're listening to the Bay Christian Family Church Podcast. Praise God, you may be seated. Open your Bible to Matthew chapter 28. We ended on this scripture last night. For those that might have missed last night, but just a reminder, we were talking about God showing us this year as we come along is every time God gives us word, it's so that that word can empower us so that we have something to say. The word of a prophet is the new covenant is to put words in your mouth. That's that. That's one of the great revelations that I believe the Lord has revealed to me in terms of the office of the prophet. It's not just about so that you know what what's happening in your future, because technically each and every one of us should be hearing about our future from God independently, directly. I don't want someone else telling me what God said about my life. I need to be led by the Spirit. He said, the sons of God are led by the Spirit of God, not by the prophet. So the prophet comes in order to bring confirmation, one, and two is to empower you for what you already know is happening, but to give you the right words to speak. And when those words are delivered, you can live on that word. That's why Paul told Timothy, stir up the gift that's in you by the laying on of my hands. You've been given the word of prophecy to fight the warfare of faith. Fight the good fight. Amen. So faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. So God delivers specific word to you so that you have something to fight with. Praise God. And so God gave us those three words as I was meditating and I was looking at where we are going in 23 in terms of the ministry. And that's when I heard the words very, very clearly in terms of what he wants to take us into. And he's talking about developing us so that we can become what he's called us to be. And that is that we need to enhance, eliminate, and expand. Enhance, eliminate, and expand. And what's he talking about? Well, enhance means once God's called you, the moment you're born again, think about that. The moment you're saved, everything you're destined to be, God deposits in you. You don't just get, you know, beginner Holy Spirit. And then when you pass some tests, then he gives you the next Holy Spirit. No, the moment you saved as that born again child of God, when I was called to be an apostle, to pastor this church with my wife, Janine, the moment I said, Jesus, I believe you, my Lord and Savior, that was placed in me. That's why within a few weeks I was going, something's here that are stirring me. I'm not just, you know, I would go to church, but I knew there was much more than just attending church. It was already stirring in. Why? Because it had been planted. So God released everything in me. So now for me to reach into that destiny, I need to enhance what's there. God will place his gifting, his anointing. As, you, as you're ready to step into, how many of you know, every single uh, man is born, he, he has the destiny to be a father. Every woman has a destiny to be a mother. The capacity is there. But you notice... I'm not a father until my child is born. But the moment my child is born, that enhances. It was already there, 
but it enhances. I didn't become a father. God says, okay, now I'll inject father into you. No, it was already there, but now it flowers. It's enhanced. Now, in order to walk in that gifting then as a father, there are things that I need to give up that I used to do as a single person. I need to eliminate some things so that I have place to be a father where we used to just go and do whatever we wanted to do. Ginny and I didn't have to do much planning. It was just the two of us. Now all of a sudden you go think, hang on, child. What, what? And then, No, we don't go there anymore. We don't. Are you with me? And then as a result of that, you expand. Now the family expands and starts to grow. So if you think of everything you do, your business, your ministry, your investments, keep thinking in those terms. Think of an investment. Uh, you already have the capacity to make a wise decision. The only reason people are in debt is because of bad decisions. But you have the wisdom of Christ. You have the wisdom of Christ. So you can make a wise investment. You can. Someone says, I don't understand finances. You do. You just haven't been exposed to it. So if you allow the Holy Spirit to enhance that, you'll find out there's some bad spending habits, bad decisions. Eliminate those. You eliminate that, then you expand your portfolio in the right way. We're going to be applying this everywhere we go. So when we talk about eliminating, we're not just talking about cutting off for the purpose of, well, I don't like that person anymore. (laughs) That's not what we're talking about. People mustn't hear that. It's, it's so that we can say, what's stopping me from moving forward? What's getting in the way? And then I remove that out of my life. You'll suddenly find you're released to be able to flow much easier. Isn't that right? I mean, you think of uh, certain sports like cycling or swimming. Uh, guys will shave all the hairs off their leg. What they're doing? They're eliminating drag. So that they can move faster. So that's what we're talking about. It's, it's the elimination of what's slowing us down. So as we enter into the new year, as we're starting out, there are certain things that we need to look at, reassess, reevaluate, because all the time, ever since I was born again, ever since I was saved, I had this passion within me to fulfill what God's called me to do. How many would say amen to that? How many say that is you? And so I recognize that if he is speaking to me, then he's called us for a purpose. We weren't just born again to go to heaven. You've heard me say it many times before. If the only purpose to save you was to get you out of hell into heaven, the most, uh, the most efficient thing to do would be the moment you give your life to Jesus is take you to heaven. If that, was the, if that was the end goal, that was the only goal, then the moment you give your life to Jesus, take you straight to heaven. Because how many of you know people that have given their lives to Jesus and subsequently backslid? So to prevent that happening, that's why I don't like it at funerals when they said God took that person to heaven so that they didn't have to suffer anymore. Uh, but what about me? Come on. Are you with me? Uh, Some of us are suffering, so God doesn't mind us suffering. No, that's not the reason for going to heaven. It's not to alleviate suffering. It's not to make another angel. It's not to... I know we sometimes say things to make us feel better, but we've got to stay with what the kingdom of God is. 
And so we understand that when we get to heaven one day, that's not even for an eternity. The Bible says heaven and earth will pass away and there'll be a new heaven and a new earth and God will come and dwell on the earth amongst man. So heaven's moving to earth. So people that want to stay in heaven for eternity, that's fine. You'll be on your own again. But you want to be where God is. Are you with me? So the purpose of salvation is not just to get you to heaven. Why are we still here? Why did God leave us on this planet after we gave our lives to Jesus? Because our mission has changed. Before it was all about me, mine, and I. Now my mission is His mission. Everybody say that. My mission is His mission. Matthew 28 verse 18. Jesus came and spoke to them saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and expand. Make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe how many? All things that I command you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. Now notice he says we ought to go make disciples. In other words, whatever I do from this moment on, has that in mind. Doesn't matter what I am doing. If I stopped you in the middle of the street and just anybody randomly say, what is it that you do? What is your purpose in life? And people may think of their job, they may think of their family, they think of their ministry. You know, someone may say, well, I'm, I'm, I'm a bricklayer or I'm an accountant or I'm a whatever. You know, why do you do that? Why is it that you're doing that? And someone says, well, that's what I studied for. <laughs> yeah, but why? Why did you choose to study that? What's the reason? Well, you've got to make money somehow. Is that your purpose? Just to make money. Well, you've got to live. Is that your purpose? Make money to live. Can you see where I'm going with this? I'm going to keep digging because at the end of the day, why is it that we give our day to what we give it to? And if it's just simply to keep a roof on your head, and that's the only reason you're working, and a lot of people do that, they just work, 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 so they can have a roof on their head, but hardly ever have any time to sit in it, because they're so busy at the work. Just give the house away and sleep in the office. It'll cost you less money. You, are you seeing what I'm saying? So what is the reason? Now you do understand that not every single one of us are called to be pastors. The Bible says God has given some to be apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers. For what reason? Equipping believers for their work of ministry. We all are involved in the ministry of Jesus. What is that ministry? To expand His kingdom. Expand His kingdom. So when I'm in a place, God puts me into a place, it's for the purpose of reaching others with the gospel of Jesus. And my method, the reason I'm doing what I'm doing, is so that I can contribute to society. I can make this a workable society. I have gifts and talents in me to expand. And so I do what I do to bring value to the workplace that enables society to function. But the end of the day, ultimately, is to reach another person with the gospel of Jesus. 
That's why when somebody comes to me and says, Pastor, please pray for me. Uh, you know, I want to change my job. I need a new job. I'm going to say, why? What, what, what's happened with the old one? Well, you know, all the people in the office, they're all sinners and they, they swear and tell dirty jokes and I just want to get out of there. Hang on. Are you the only one saved there? I'm not praying for you to leave. If you're the only Christian there, you are the light. You, you are the one that's going to bring salvation to those people. I've been in places where when I went in first, I was first time I went in, I was the only Christian there. But as time went on, just through testimony, one by one, people gave their life to Jesus. I invited people to church, brought them in. And, they, and then the person I brought, they invited someone else. Before you know it, the whole establishment is now serving Jesus. Are you getting what I'm saying? What, what's happening? We are that influence. We want to be that influence. So it doesn't matter where I'm at. I don't have to have a pulpit or a mic in my hand. But I am demonstrating Jesus all the time. And, I'm, and it must be known that I'm a child of God. People must know. Even if they laugh at you or criticize you or condemn you or tell jokes about you, sneak about you behind the back. Don't let that bother you. Don't let that bother you. I used to have it all the time when I was still working in the secular arena. People would walk past my desk and you see, oh, just, God bless you. And now I know who to pray for. <laughs> just exposed yourself. Amen. And you, and you, you pray and you're always open. You, people need to know who you are. Because the day comes when they hit rock bottom and something goes wrong in their life. And then what they do is they check that none of their friends are looking. And then they say, can we go somewhere? And, and you go sit down. They said, you, you praying? I heard when you pray, it happens. It works. Yeah, of course we do. I serve a God that answers prayer. And we'll pray together. People need to know that. So we have made his mission our mission. So I'm prepared to lay down my life. Remember Jesus said in Mark chapter 10 verse 27, With men it's impossible, but not with God. For with God all things are possible. So Peter began and said, See, we've left all and followed you. We left we left all. Now, God's obviously not asking you to leave your job today. It's different where Jesus went and said, now come, I'm going to make you a disciple and I want you to travel with me. But you know what he means by that is that saying, no matter what I'm doing, I'm laying it down for your purpose, for your kingdom. I left all and followed you. And Jesus said, surely I say there's no one who's left house or brothers or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or lands for my sake and the gospel. For my sake and the gospel. And family, I want to hear you to hear this clearly. And I'll say it again and again and again. It's so important to get a hold of this. Because of the message that we preach. The true gospel of Jesus is that he did not just die for you to have eternity in heaven, but he paid the price for you to experience the fullness of his blessing here in this life. He bore every sickness and every disease, and by his stripes you have been healed. Even though he was rich, for your sake became poor, that you through his poverty might be made rich. God takes great pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. He makes grace abound towards you that you always have all sufficiency in all things, and be in abundance for every good work. God has provided you with every blessing. He gives you all things richly 
to enjoy and he's empowered you to be able to be a generous person. Now, you hear all of that. You put all those scriptures together. We're talking about a life that's a life that's abundant. But in preaching that, we've got to be very, very cautious that the gift doesn't become our God. People say, ah, you, we're going to go to that rich church, then I can also be rich. That's not the reason for serving God. You don't serve God to be rich. That is a product. It is an outworking. And in that process, there are going to be challenges, tribulations, persecutions. Like Paul said, I've been stripped. I, I hit the bottom. I've been in prison. I've been beaten. It's not like, no, that, you know, that, 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 that's not happening. Then you're not serving God. No. Uh, and that's sometimes a misunderstanding when people think about the prosperity message is that uh, the, the, the blessing, the prosperity is proof of God's manifestation. No. Even Paul had to be imprisoned for the purpose of preaching the gospel. But he told Timothy, you watch my life. From everything, I was always delivered. He always came out of everything. The reason I'm saying this is that if we're going to make his mission our mission, then I'm not here so that I can be rich. The purpose for being rich is so that I can do more for his mission. Why do I want to be healed? So I don't hurt anymore? Well, that's nice, of course. But I want to be healed so I can move quicker, be in different places, be where I need to be, be able to speak confident. Be able, I mean, if I'm trying to preach tonight, but I'm... every <laughs> five Guys, excuse me, get some water. <laughs> it's just not going to happen. So I'd rather be comfortable while I'm preaching. Does that make... You understand what I'm saying? So... Jesus said, if we make his purpose, our purpose, my sake, for the purpose of the gospel, that if you've done anything, if you've given up on anything, laid anything down, sacrificed anything for my sake and the gospel, you receive a hundredfold now in this time. Not even in heaven one day, right now. God will replenish with houses, brothers, sisters, mothers, children, and lands with persecutions. I didn't have to put that there, but it did. Why? Because there are going to be people that don't understand it. Why do you want to be? Why do you want to increase this year? It's for the purpose of the gospel. And in this and the age to come, Eternal life. Eternal life. So, yes, we are heading for eternity with God, but that's already begun. I said that has already begun. And so as it has begun, you're making a decision. I am laying down my life. If anything, if I try and hold on to anything, but God, I don't want to. And that slows me down. I want to get rid of it. I don't want anything replacing the mission for God. Now, you need to keep hearing the balance because Paul did tell Timothy, command those who are rich. Any rich people here? I just want to check. Okay, those that didn't put your hand up, you must be new. The Bible says the blessing of the Lord makes one rich. 
Are you born again? Jesus took the curse so that the blessing may come on you. And that blessing has made you rich. Say that. The blessing of God has made me rich. So Paul said, tell those who are rich. So that's you. Say, that's me. Not to be haughty. And don't put your trust in the riches. For God gives you richly all things to enjoy. But use what you have to be generous for the preaching of the word. Bless others. Amen. So if you see God blessing you, he doesn't mind you enjoying it. God doesn't. He's not against you being rich. It's the rich having you. Make sure the mission is accurate. Hallelujah. You get the mission right. God will keep you well, well provided for because he's seen someone that's prepared to work with the gospel for his purpose. Remember, Jesus did say in Matthew 6, seek, seek. That's your priority. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And what will happen? All these things will be added to you. Will be added to you. That's why people who don't understand this don't see it. They, they see somebody looking rich and wealthy and they say, you know, you could give more to the poor. My question would be then how much are you giving? How much are you giving to the poor? Because if we're going to live by a standard, then live by the standard you're calling on. So how much did you give to the poor? And I can guarantee you that someone in that position that's criticizing this person for being too rich, generous, and they should give more to the poor, I would say that this person's probably giving way more to the poor than the person criticizing. Like you heard Pastor Dalen say, generous people are always blessed because that's the way the kingdom of God works. Amen. So you see churches that are flourishing, they are already generous. They already are giving. So it's not like you, 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 the proof of you giving is that you're poor. Because if you're poor, you've got nothing left to give. You see, you have to have abundance surplus to be able to be generous. And obviously, the more abundant you are, the more generous you can be. So God knows you need things. Jesus knows you need things. But the priority is the kingdom of God. Seek first the kingdom of God. That's why Jesus said in Matthew 16, verse 24, if anyone desires to come after me, how many of you want to follow Jesus? That's your desire of your heart. Notice what he says. Let him deny himself and take up the cross and follow me. Deny himself. My vision changed. My mission changed. I had already a solid career career ahead of me. I was doing very well in my field. I was in the computer industry. When I passed my exams to go in, it was the top in the country. Companies were asking for me to come and you could play companies against each other, drive your income up. And it was a whole, computers were very new. So you could really use it to get very far ahead. I'd be a multimillionaire. But then Jesus called me. I realized I had to give up on that future. 
I still have, I, 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 I really enjoy doing, looking at technical things. I keep up to date with technical stuff and, and, and I can talk what we need technically here in the church as well. I'm, I'm, I'm up to date with these things. But I have to be very careful that I don't end up slipping into there because I, this is my mission. Are you with me? I, I make sure that somebody is employed to do that. So we've got someone that can commit to that. Why? Because I know if I get too deep in it, I'm, I'm done for. Uh, I'll make that my, my mission for the week. And then get you on Sunday, what do I preach on? <laughs> no, no. I've made a choice that God called me to this. And so what did I do? I laid down my life. I deny that desire. I deny the, 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 the capacity for that. I, even though the gifting in there, I'm seeing it manifest where I can see things and, and understand how things work. But when I read in the Word, the same thing happens. I connect Scripture with Scripture. Have you noticed in, in the preaching? how uh, One Scripture goes to the next and goes to the next. Someone says, how did you link those together? No, it was by the gifting that's in me that made me successful. But I chose when he called me to yield that, to give it to his kingdom. And so wherever you are, yes, you have a passion to be the best in your field. But is it so that you can get the awards, so that you can get people to appreciate you, so you can triple your money, your income? Those are all byproducts. But at the end of the day, lay it down. Make sure it's for the kingdom of God. Make sure you stay committed to the preaching of the gospel. And then you, that's your part. That, uh, whatever you're doing is your part. As I said already, you don't need to be standing here with a microphone to be preaching. The fact that you put the microphone in my hand, you are preaching. The fact that you switch the lights on, you, you put the boards up, you, are you with me? You, you, you enabled that to happen so that when someone walks in here new, they go, wow, they sit, and now they hear the word in an environment that they can get saved in. So you have preached, you are preaching right now as much as I am. Why? We're in partnership. And so if you, verse 25, whoever desires to save his life will lose it. Whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Remember I said last night, what you compromise to keep, you will lose. But God, I really, I really enjoy this. God saying, I want you to put that down. Yeah, but I'll just hang on to it. I'll still do what you're calling me to do, but I'll hang on to it. And if we hang on to it, ultimately we'll lose it. So either we'll lose that and whatever's linked to it, or we lose the fullness of the calling God's called us into. But what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world, loses his own soul? What will a man give in exchange for his soul? The Son of Man will come in the glory of His Father with His angels and He will reward each according to His works. God is not going to reward you because you were a great accountant. God is not going to reward you because you are a great CEO. God's not going to reward you because you tripled your investment portfolio. God's going to reward you for what you did for the kingdom of God. His purpose is our purpose. His vision is our vision. His calling is our calling. His work is my work. His mission is my mission. Say that. 
Say it again. How are you ready to live that kind of life? See, that's why the writer Hebrews 12 says, Therefore we also, since we're surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside what? Every weight and the sin which so easily snares us. And let us run with endurance the race that's set before us. You see, we all, when we first save, we want to get rid of the sins. You now we've got to clean up our language and we don't go there anymore and we don't eat or drink or smoke that stuff anymore. And we, you know, we get rid of all and we try not to lose our temper anymore. And, you know, we, we, we find out what sins are. And we stop all the sins. But he says, Paul saying, yeah, there are things that are not sin but can slow us down. There are things that can get in the way. There are things that you're doing that will slow me down. If I did it, it would hinder me from doing what I do. You know, Pastor Allen never does that. That doesn't matter. It doesn't make it wrong. That's why I don't preach my convictions. I only teach you what the Word says. God will convict you in a different area. And then when you are convicted, don't put that on someone else. You know, I, I never eat those things. Why? God told me not to. Just letting you know, I never eat it. No, you, you're causing undue pressure on that person that was, you, unless you can say, look, it's written. So, what am I saying? If I'm going to fulfill his mission, he knows what can trip me up. Not the sins, things that are normal in life. But when I get involved, I become too engrossed in it. So, he knows that. So, he'll remind me to back off from it. And so I'll back off from it. doesn't mean if I do it, now I'm sinning. No, I just know what's better for me. Hallelujah. Why do you think that, these, that you look at a sprinter? Why does he wear minimal clothing? Because you, 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 know, you, you don't run with your backpack in case you need it. You, you, as little weight as possible. Run the race with as little weight as possible. And so why carry all the baggage? Get rid of it. Why? It's no longer my mission. Yeah, but I really enjoy that. I want to fulfill his mission. It's more important than anything else. Say so his mission is my mission. Look to Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. The reason I'm saved, he set it up. And then he got a preacher to preach to me. He set that up. Then he injected the faith I needed to give my life to Jesus. He set that up. Then the Holy Spirit entered my life. He set that up. And then by hearing the Holy Spirit, I'm hearing on how to hear God's voice and how to pray correctly and accurately, how to sow seed and receive a harvest. And my harvest came. He set that up. Now I'm prosperous, rich, healthy, healed, delivered. He set that up. Everything I am is because of him. How dare I take all of that and use it for my purpose? He bought me. He started the faith. He's finishing the faith. My mission is now his mission. Even Jesus did it. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross. Despising the shame, he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Hallelujah. Lift up your hand and say, Today I receive the mission of Jesus as my mission. Amen.
Remember, Paul said, what things were gained to me, those things that were important to me, Philippians 3, verse 7, the things I thought were important in life, I count at loss for Christ. Indeed, I also count all things lost for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I've suffered the loss of all things, and I count them as rubbish. Now, the New King James is a little more subtle there. The original Greek word is dung. You can see it in the King James Version. Count it as dung. I don't need to preach more on that. It's just, he said, what, what I did in the past is dung. Why? That I may gain Christ. Whatever I did to achieve. Yes, I'm here today because of it. But really, that wasn't the reason. Whatever I've achieved in life, it's so that I can fulfill what Jesus called me to do. How are you ready to live this way? Come on, let's stand to our feet and give Jesus praise. Come on, give him glory. We're stepping out with the right mission and purpose. Just lift your hands and say, Father, thank you. You are my God, my Lord, my Savior. You gave your life for me. You gave it all. You laid it all down so that I could receive your life, your kingdom, your provision. You are my Savior. You're my God. And I lay down my life. And I'll take up your vision. Your mission. Your mission is my mission. And that is to make disciples of all nations. And I will go ahead and do that this year. Leading many to Jesus. Making sure they baptized. And teaching them everything I know about the kingdom of God. And we will see your kingdom expand in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise God.